It's Al Cole from CBS Radio, and I want to tell you about a Renaissance woman who excels at everything she puts her innovative mind to. And you know, I'm going to start it out like this. What would you say if I told you that I was going to introduce you to a lady who is a very successful business entrepreneur and a world-class creative force as a realtor, interior designer, hosts charity golf tournaments for wildlife, and is the cutting-edge author of the stunning Magical Forces Within? Well, Al, I'd say makes the introduction, brother. <laughs> I've just been dying to learn some of all of those things from somebody who sounds like a real magnetic lady. <laughs> well, you're in luck because not only can you learn about the fabulous life accomplishments of this woman, whose name happens to be Rhonda Grant, <laughs> but week in and week out, Rhonda will introduce you to some of the most exciting guests on the planet as she hosts her own awesome podcast, The Rhonda Grant Show on Contact Talk Radio. Week to week, Rhonda skillfully weaves the magical forces within her with the extraordinary discoveries in the sometimes ordinary lives of her guests who blossom before your very eyes through the guidance and know-how of such a skilled and sensitive host as Rhonda Grant. you got to check it out. Check out all the action at RhondaGrantAuthor.com. That's RhondaGrantAuthor.com. Dot com to witness the extraordinary discoveries in otherwise ordinary lives. And I hear some of you asking right now, well, Al, how do you know all this? <laughs> I'll tell you. It's because I weave some of the same magic on my own nationally syndicated show called People of Distinction. It's all about humanity at its best. Every guest with extraordinary things to say about the magical forces within life itself. Get it? So check them out. The Rhonda Grant Show, Extraordinary Discoveries in Ordinary Lives, and People of Distinction, created by me, Al Cole from CBS Radio, now hosted by my amazing son, Benji Cole. You can check out People of Distinction on Apple Music or email me for exciting updates on my music and my books, too, especially Romance for Women on Amazon. Email me at al at alcoholic.com. You heard me right. That's A L at A-L-C-O-L-E-H-O-L-I-C.com. And I really want to thank my CBS radio listeners for coming up with that handle, Alcoholic. <laughs> Seems like from day one, my listeners have been saying, Al, we love what you're doing there, brother. In fact, we're hooked on it. We're Alcoholics. So here we go in classic form with a swing of a golf club as she hosts another charity golf tournament for wildlife and another incomparable Rhonda Grant show. So all together, everybody, here's Rhonda. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Rhonda Grant show right now, and I have a lot of great guests on my show, and I have a great guest coming up. If you've been searching for a deeper meaning in your life, go to Amazon and pick up my book, Magical Forces Within. If you want to get in touch with me, please go to rondagrantauthor.com for my suite of services. You know, we're all ordinary people having extraordinary experiences, and we have a fantastic guest on the show today, Sue Meach. Sue is a wildlife rehabilitator who lives in Napanee, Ontario, Canada. She is the founder and director of Sandy Pines Wildlife Center, a registered charity that rehabilitates over 5,000 wild ones each year. We're going to find more about her extraordinary experiences. Hello, Sue. How are you today? Hi, Rhonda. I'm really well. Thank you. 
Great. It's so nice to have you on the show and so nice to hear your voice. Was there anyone or anything that influenced your life that helped set you on your path to help wildlife? I think I had a rather unhappy childhood and I think I turned to animals. They were stuffed toys initially, but as soon as I was able to get a dog, I got one and then I found a love for horses and uh, my love for animals has just followed me through my life. But I think it was a, a childhood trauma that sent me in that direction. Oh, wonderful. Well, I didn't know that. And we've known each other for a few years. You never asked me that question before. <laughs> I never did. Yes, that's right. So when did you start uh, your wildlife center at Sandy Pines? Um, about 30 years ago, 30, 35 years ago. And it was quite by accident. <laughs> it wasn't planned. And what was the accident? Um, I volunteered with the Humane Society in Napanee and uh, they had a lady that used to foster wild animals for them. And uh, she had an accident with her dogs and uh, she was unable to work with wildlife. So uh, the uh, Connie Mallory who worked for the Humane Society asked me if I would foster some raccoons she had that just brought in. And I said, yes, I'd be happy to help. I didn't figure that they were much different for dogs um, and cats, same thing. But uh, I learned the hard way that they're different. Anyway, the first year I had seven. The next year she asked me again and I had 15. Oh. The third year I had 35. Oh, I began boy. to see a trend. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so where did you where did you foster them in my backyard here in Napanee I had uh, built a set of small cages then my husband started building more larger cages and uh, uh, we just grew and then people found out about me and started bringing other animals coming down the driveway with boxes with squirrels and skunks and groundhogs uh, in and uh, so it just grew and I really had to do it because there was nowhere else to take these animals. Mm -hmm. And people feel that when they drop an animal to Sandy Pines that they're giving you a gift. I mean they don't realize the cost that's involved in rehabilitating these animals no nobody does we have a board outside that gives an estimate of the cost but um animals vary obviously some are only in for a few days or a few weeks some of them we keep for four or five months so yes it's a it's a big expense mm -hmm. and so can you take us on let us know, like in the springtime, what type of animals would you would uh, Sandy Pines be sometimes rescuing them yourselves, right? Sometimes and, we rescue, yes. Mm -hmm. But and, mostly, mostly people rescue them and, and phone us. And there's a situation going on that they've run over the rabbit's nest or, or um, um, relocated the mother raccoon. And uh, most 
times people uh, are the ones that contact us and we talk to them and uh, get them to contain the animal and bring it into us. Sometimes they're unable to do that. And we do have to send a volunteer uh, to help drive it to us. But most times they actually do the rescuing themselves with some help from us. Mm-hmm. And you have quite a few volunteers at the center, don't you? Yes, we've since COVID, we've cut right back on the volunteers because we didn't want too many people coming into the building. Uh, but we are starting back now with our volunteers, thank goodness, because they're uh, a wonderful help. Mm-hmm. We, also have, we also have about uh, 200 or more volunteer drivers all over Ontario that will transport animals for us, not just pick up an injured animals and bring them to us, but help us transfer animals. We, we work with other centres Um, Like the Owl Foundation, we transport owls to them. Um, Ottawa Carlton Wild Bird Centre transport birds to us. Uh, There's always some animals moving around. Uh, We send them wherever they can get the best care. And people send us animals that need more care. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, that, that's a wonderful situation that you have. So you, so you have volunteer drivers that will come to your center and pick up if you have an owl and take it to the sanctuary where they are equipped uh, to help owls. Is that right? Exactly. Yes. Okay. They, have fo- they have foster owls at the Owl Foundation. So if we have a young baby owl, Um, they can put it with a foster parent so that it identifies and the foster parent will often feed the baby birds. So that's a super situation. Yes, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And so in the springtime, do you have, what types of animals come into the center? I'm I'm sure there's a lot of turtles and. It's very seasonal. You can tell what time of year it is by the animals that are coming in. It usually starts off with rabbits, baby rabbits. They seem to be the first to have their litters in strange places in lawns and gardens. Uh, Then it's usually squirrels. Uh, Then it's raccoons, uh, closely followed by skunks. And uh, in between all those mammals, there are birds. Uh, Starlings and sparrows are usually the first. Robins are pretty early on the scene as well. So it's all very seasonal. And of course, by the time July and August comes, we're starting to fill up our our cages and our aviaries, and we're searching for room when we get admissions. Mm -hmm. And at your center, you have an operating room as well. Yes, we're lucky enough to have an operating room with uh, uh, anesthetic machine and uh, we also have uh, an x-ray machine that can do even miniature x-rays on hummingbirds as well as large mammals like deer so yes we're pretty well equipped now thanks to the generosity of a lot of our donors yes of course and sometimes birds uh, come in as well that uh, unfortunately have been uh, shot shot at with BBs. Is that correct? 
Yes, we have um, we've had mammals shot with BBs too. Oh. Uh, yes, it's not uncommon, unfortunately. Then can you explain to our listeners because they wouldn't understand um, about the lead and what the process is, Sue, of uh, removing uh, the lead poisoning from the birds. Um, lead poisoning is a, a very complex issue. Um, once the lead gets into the bloodstream, it's very difficult to remove. Uh, we have to give them an intravenous uh, drug uh, at regular intervals uh, to chelate or remove the lead from their blood system. It's uh, a very complicated and dangerous process. It's like chemotherapy for humans. It makes you pretty sick and pretty weak. So the animal or bird has to be pretty strong to go through uh, lead toxicity and recover. Mm -hmm. And I mean, all of this equipment uh, comes from donations. And um, so can you uh, tell our listeners where people may donate? Yes, certainly. Um, there are several ways you can donate. You can always uh, visit us. Now, we never show wild animals to the public. Um, we keep our animals very quiet, private, and very low stress. Uh, but you're welcome to come to the center and uh, make a donation. Um, you can go online. Our website is uh, sandypineswildlife.org. And there's a, uh, on the front page, there is a Canada Helps button. If you press, if you click on that button, uh, that will lead you to uh, a page of Canada Helps and they, they will walk you through how to make your donation. Uh, they're very good, uh, it's very simple and you can make monthly donations, a one-time donation, or you can make donations in memoriam or for some anniversary or birthday. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing to do. And I see uh, from your website that there are children who have birthday parties where they ask for donations so that they can donate to Sandy Pines. And I just think that's wonderful that our youth coming up have an understanding that our wildlife, are, some of our wildlife is in danger. Yes. We also have a really wonderful education program um, now. Uh, we have... Um, uh, Jess Pilo, who runs it, and uh, she does a lot of online uh, educating. And now, hopefully, she'll be going into classrooms as well. But she's done a wonderful job this winter uh, with her virtual tours of the, the hospital so that people can see what's going on and where their money is going. I always think that's important. Yes, it sure is. And I'm really glad that you brought up that, um, you know, the Wildlife Center is not a place where people can come and look at the animals and pet the, the, the fawns that come in in this in the springtime. It's not that type of thing at all. It's, it's a, a very private area. They, you protect uh, the animals from the public all of the time. They're not allowed past the, that door. That's right into the hallway that goes into the rooms of birds and, and turtles and the operating room and things like that. And you also have a barn 
uh, on the property. What, uh, what types of animals would you have in the barn? Well, I've also been rescuing farm animals um, since I arrived in Napanee. So um, actually in the, in the barn right now, I have some fawns, some white-tailed deer fawns that, uh, uh, because it's, it's nice and it's quiet in there for them. Um, so sometimes the wildlife use the barns as well. But I have uh, horses, donkeys, um, pigs, uh, all kinds of birds running around here that people can see. And a very special turkey, Mr. T, who usually greets people at the front door. <laughs> <laughs> and a huge peacock, too. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, he's just had babies. So we've oh. got two chickpeas right now. Nice. And you have an Avery. And what, what kind, types of birds are in the Avery? The outdoor we have, Avery. We have several outdoor Averys. We have hawks, owls, uh, bald eagle, um, ducks, geese, kestrels, merlins, starlings, robins, sparrows, all kinds of, oh, and a lot of pigeons, of course, and doves. A, a lot of everything right now. This is mm -hmm. our peak season. Yes. And for those who are, in, who are in the area, in the listening area of Napanee and the surrounding area, I mean, lots of times you have a call out for specific things during the year. And one of the ones that I remember is the Christmas trees. Once a person is, is through with the Christmas trees, you like the donations to the center. Why is it that you want these trees at the center? We're very uh, big on enrichment for the animals. To put an animal or a bird in a cage with nothing in it except the wire or the boards uh, is very boring. It would be like isolation for ourselves. So we make a lot of efforts to put things in the cages and aviaries that make the birds feel more comfortable. I read a research paper once that saying, putting a single pine cone in with a squirrel in a cage lowers its heart rate um, and takes the stress away from that animal. So in all our cages, we put enrichment, we put trees, branches, uh, we use substrate on the floors of natural leaves. We collect leaves all, all during the fall and we've got a stockpile of them for the winter. So clumps of earth, we're always trying to, to enrich the environment and just make it as natural as possible. So the Christmas trees go in the aviaries mostly. And uh, because it's winter, they last a long time. So the aviaries have Christmas trees all around them. It's very nice. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. And lots of times you call for... Um, supplies like uh, towels and uh, all, all sorts of things. So people can also donate uh, those types of things to the center as well. Yes. And food items too. Um, food items are pretty expensive. We have to buy uh, fruit and vegetables um, and meat for the animals. So we usually put on our website or our Facebook page um, urgently needed this week. And it can be anything from 
detergents for the laundry machines or uh, bananas for the raccoons or berries for the birds. Uh, so there's always something that we need. Yes. You're listening to the Rhonda Grant Show with my guest today, Sue Meach from Sandy Pines Wildlife Center. You may donate um, at sandypineswildlifecenter.org. Uh, and on the main page, you'll see Canada Helps. And if you click on that, it will instruct you on how to donate to the center. Um, as with everything, uh, wildlife included, the pandemic has affected uh, Sue's uh, Wildlife Center. Uh, how, has the, how has the pandemic affected the center, Sue? In more ways than one, unusually, our numbers of admissions are actually higher since the COVID pandemic started. I'm not really sure why, but I think more people are maybe going for walks locally in the parks or staying home more and finding things in their own backyard. But our numbers are up about 25% higher than last year at the same time. Um, the other problem uh, that COVID has brought upon us is lack of funding. We usually have several large fundraisers every year. We have the art and jewelry sale. We have the baby shower in May. And then we have the golf tournament that you help run for us. Uh, and these are all big fundraisers that we haven't been able to have now for 18 months so that's been a significant drop in our income. We do virtual tours. Um, they've helped a bit, but um, it, there's nothing like having uh, a baby shower and actually having people on the premises and, and seeing the facility and seeing just what kind of work we do here. So and we miss we miss those fundraisers. Oh, yes, it's a big injection for sure of cash into the center uh, to help with new equipment, repairing equipment, building um, Avery's and all of those types of things. Yeah. And what well, is a baby shower? What, what's the definition of the baby shower for Sandy Pines Wildlife Center? Why was it called babe, the baby shower? Well, it's it's the first uh, event we have in the spring uh, where all the adult animals that we've had to overwinter have been released. So the only animals we have in care are really small, eyes closed squirrels and maybe a few raccoons and maybe some turtles. And uh, it's uh, just before the, the busy season starts. So at that time, we feel that we can open up the hospital a little bit uh, we allow people to walk down the main corridors and look into the rooms and kind of see our setup, uh, maybe see some squirrels being fed or some raccoons being fed. They're not allowed to touch any of the animals. Uh, we show them the turtle room and the turtles that are hatching out uh, and will soon be ready for release. We show them an injured turtle that might've just come in. Uh, it's a very nice time of year to do that. We can't do that at any other time of year. We're just too busy concentrating on looking after the animals uh, and birds in our care. 
Mm-hmm. And with over 5,000 coming to your center a year, I mean, that is a lot of animals that are being cared for. Yeah. And that's just the animals that come in. We actually have double that number of phone calls uh, every day. We are getting more and more phone calls, people asking for help, asking for advice. You know, they found a bird's nest above the door and it rained heavily last night and the baby birds fell out. Mm. Or, you know, they were mowing the lawn and they found a rabbit's nest. Will the mother rabbit come back? We Uh feel many calls like that every day. Yes, the phone rings constantly at the Mm. clinic, right? Yeah. Yes, we now have an office manager and staff in the office that manage the phone calls. Used to be just me doing that. (laughs) Yes, and you now have two lines. Yes. 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 (laughs) That's a graduation for sure. And I mean... We can't have more than two lines because we can't answer that many phones at once. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Yeah. So when you look back over your life and and where you are today and where you've been for 30 years and in helping wildlife that have come to your center do you feel that you've been called to this special i mean you're really an angel um do you feel that you've been called to your work um yes but it was very accidental that i fell into this but i do believe that i fell into the right place I was guided by someone's hand. I've always had a need to nurture or look after something. And I thought nursing was going to be my vocation. And it was for most of my life. And I did enjoy it. But I like looking after animals a lot more than I liked looking after people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm not sure. I have more empathy for the animals now. Uh, It's... In a way, something guided this to me. I fell into it. I didn't go looking for it. It was all accidental, but it's definitely the path that I would have chosen. It's interesting how life does that to you sometimes. It's just a a complete chance, a whim, and there it is. It's in front of you, you know, for you to pick up or leave as you wish. Mm-hmm. And it seems the more you did, the more came to you. Yes, it's build and they will come. Every time my husband built a new cage, there was something ready to, to put in it. Oh, and goodness. We're still, we're still building now. <laughs> You're still building buildings to put injured or, re, or rehabilitated animals in. Yes. Yeah. What extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? I'm sure there's many. Uh, But what extraordinary discovery have you found in your life? I think I have more compassion and empathy for animals than I do people. I thought I was a good nurse. I was a good nurse, but I'm much better with the animals and I like working with them a lot more. Um, I think... I'm also giving back to the animals all that we've taken from them. We humans have come onto this planet and we've destroyed everything we've touched. The rivers are polluted. 
the fields are polluted, the skies polluted, we've got global warming and the animals are being pushed to the brink. And I feel that what I'm doing is a little bit of payback in my corner of the world. I'm doing what I can with what I have, where I am. Theodore Roosevelt said that. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is that soon as one of our animals disappear, it affects so many animals on that chain. Yes. It when does. you lose one, you could actually lose many because they belong to a certain chain. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're the head of that chain and uh, we're not helping very much. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about? Do you have a story of of an animal that you cared for that uh, that would help our listeners? I think, well, I have several stories. I think probably one of the stories I have, I'd like to talk about my crow. It was not my crow. It was a crow. Yes. Her her name was Chance. And a lady had raised her from uh, a young uh, nestling that she found on the ground. And she had this bird for about three months. And... uh, Then the bird developed lumps and bumps all over her and she brought the crow to us. And uh, she had uh, a a virus infection. So we worked with this crow and we were able to heal up the infection. And eventually the crow was healthy and flying and uh, we released her. She didn't go far, she hung around the uh, farm and. One day I went out and I heard, hello. And I looked up and it was the crow talking to me. And um, she stayed around for a a long time. She even brought me nesting materials, but I told her (laughs) that I was too busy to build a nest. And um, sometimes she would fly with me when I went out on the ATV to do something in the back 40. She would fly along with me. She was always free, and I wondered if she would ever leave. And one day she left, and I never saw her again. But I had a dream about her. About a year later, I had this dream. I've always missed that bird. And in the dream, she came to me, and I said to her, why did you leave me? And she said, I thought you wanted me to be free. And I did. I did want her to be free. And uh, that bird has always had a special place for me in my heart. What a wonderful story. Mm. I, I love that story. Yeah, she was special. Yeah, she was really special. How many people help Sue? What do you mean, hands-on or financially? Financially, we're going to talk about how people can donate um, uh, to the website. We have many, many donors. Some donate on a monthly basis. 
just make a, a donation monthly, which is very helpful because it gives us an idea of what income is coming in. Uh, we have people that give annual donations. Um, we have some corporate sponsors now and then will give us um, a donation. Uh, but we always need more, of course. And yes. we're always applying for grants uh, from various companies uh, to see what's out there and to see if they can help. The problem is now since COVID, there are so many charities needing help. Uh, People-orientated ones, children, uh, children's groups. Uh, there's so many people that need help right now. It's hard to think of the animals needing help, but uh, I'm afraid we do too because we want to continue with our work. We think it's important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we certainly enjoy, uh, have enjoyed, we, we ran six consecutive uh, golf tournaments uh, to raise funds. I can't remember how, how much we have raised, but you're right. I mean, you look forward to that. I mean, that's a, that's a big injection of cash that goes into the center. And this is the second year in a row. We should be on our eighth annual golf tournament right now for Sandy Pines Wildlife. And we're not able to do that. And it's not that the golf um, clubs have been closed. They have been open at different times during the pandemic. But our challenge is that the uh, it's the food, it's the indoor dining. So in order for us to run a golf tournament, um, we need not only the field, but we need, um, we need to be able to feed our, our guests that have come to play golf and to raise money for Sandy Pines. So it's been yeah. a difficult time. And so for those of you that are listening, uh, that do want to help out at um, Sandy Pines Wildlife Center. Uh, as we talked about, there is a website, it's .org. And actually, if you just Google Sandy Pines Wildlife Center, um, you're going to see the website there. And when you look at that website, you're going to see how you can actually reach out to Sue. Her email is there. And uh, the, the Canada Help uh, link is there that we've talked about on the show. And well, there, there's different information um, and, and uh, write-ups that they have on the website for you to learn more about the centre, what they do, and what they're involved in. And I know that, Sue, you've done a beautiful job uh, as the ambassador for these animals. I mean, you've educated in schools and classrooms. Um, every tournament that we've had for you, you uh, have a uh, a slideshow and do a lovely presentation for our guests to let them know what what the money is used for, which is also really important. Yes, uh, I, I certainly miss doing that, but uh, I can do less and less of that because I'm doing more and more administration. So that's why we have Jess doing our education programs now. Uh, online too, we have several virtual tours that you can take of the building. You can see some us in action actually working through the building uh, with these virtual tours. It's really nice. Yes, and it's nice to pass the baton uh, when you're needed. Uh, we're, 
you know, in, in the center, it's nice that Jess is uh, filling in for you for sure. I would like to thank you very much, Sue, for being on our show. It's lovely talking to you again about the center. And uh, so I thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule uh, in order to talk with us today. It's been a pleasure, Rhonda. Um, I've enjoyed talking with you and uh, meeting the listeners. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank you. The theme song uh, coming up for the Rhonda Grant show, Sun on the Water, is composed and performed by my friend John Park Wheeler. This is Rhonda Grant with the Rhonda Grant show, author of Magical Forces Within, Extraordinary Discoveries in an Ordinary Life, inviting you to look for the magical forces within yourself today and every day. And please help out wildlife. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the Rhonda Grant Show with your host, Rhonda Grant. If you would like to find out more information about Rhonda and her upcoming guests and the work that she does, go to her website, rhondagrantauthor.com. That's rhondagrantauthor.com. 